well, while we're welcoming you, the congregation, we do want to welcome again our dear brother, uh, Mr. Noel Shields, who was here this morning. He's been here many times in the past. As I said today already, Mr. Shields and I go way back. Um, we started the Whitfield College of the Bible together many, many years ago, and I've always followed with great interest the work that our brother has done uh, over the years, and he's spent a number of years in Australia, and also he spent a number of years in Stranraer. He's did various missions, and he's been to various parts of the world, America and the African continent included. And we're especially delighted to have him here, and we're going to ask him now to preach God's word. Thank you. Well, we thank our brother for the warm words of welcome, and it's great to be back here in Carrie Duff tonight again. Uh, of course, it goes a long way back as a young cub. I was a lot younger than her brother in college. I'm sure you know that, of course. I'm not was... sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's is not too good, sir, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, yes, how quickly those years haven't passed. That was 1987. That's right. Uh, th that's, what's that? Many years ago. 31, no. Not 31 years ago. Boys and boys, that's tough going, isn't it? I don't even look 31, all right? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> well, that's true. And the time goes past. Of course, we've been here over the years, but in my early days, more so, I suppose, than recent years. I've been running about all over the place preaching. But in my early days, I used to preach here every month, and uh, once a month. And uh, so I'm glad to be back. And it's hard to be. This will be my last time in the wee hall. Is that right? The wee hall's been closing. But you know, while you have all those emotions about the old and the new, it's really great to see the new. I have to confess. It's really good. I'm really glad for you, of course, to see you in the new building. And uh, we do pray God to bless the opening. I cannot be here at the opening. I have a mission. And I'll be preaching that night. But we were thinking of you, so I do pray for the work here in Carrie Duff. And we pray God to bless you greatly and build his church. And you're here to stay. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. You're here to stay for Christ to defend the gospel and to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, well, thank you for the opportunity and invitation to come. Uh, do pray for us and our work, evangelistic work, missions here. And then I do children's work as well, as you know. And I'm going to outside our ma and I'm going to do a, a mission in Drummore with our brother uh, Ian Kenny, Ram Kenny, there at the end of this month as well. So pray for us as we go around preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I suppose my message tonight is addressed, well, to the young, but to the old, to everybody. Because the gospel's for all, isn't it? And I want us to look tonight at a very, very simple question. Questions. Who's doing exams in school? Any hands up? Oh, a couple of hands up back. I'm not asking, do you like exams? I'm not asking, are you doing them? It's not right. Well, that's part of life. Uh, of course, my school life was very little. I can't hardly remember exams at all. That's just the way it was in our day. If you didn't like school, that was it. They put us all together in a class, all the roughs, and that was it. We got the spades out and we dug and all the rest. So that was my sort of schooling. But questions. You get questions, don't you? And you look at the list and you look at them and you think, boys, that's a hard question. And here's a question. And to see how many you know. And maybe you get a choice. You can answer maybe I don't know what it is. Five out of seven. Whatever the case may be. 
But I want to ask you a question tonight in this meeting. And you have to answer it. You can't juke it. You can't say, well, I'll move down to the next question. <coughs> and I'll just go to that question. Or just take my pen and I'll stroke through this question I'm going to ask you tonight. It's found in God's word. I'll just put my pen through it and forget all about it. No. The question I'm going to ask you tonight is one you must answer. It's one I had to answer. It's one that everyone in this meeting tonight will have to answer before you leave. And I'm not by looking at your paper as you leave tonight to see how you answered it. But I want to tell you tonight, God will be looking at your paper tonight as you leave. God's going to look to see how you answer this question that I'm going to ask you is found in God's word. So I want you to think just for the closing moments of our meeting tonight about this simple, serious question. It's found in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 22 and verse 42. It was asked by Jesus Christ himself. Because the Lord Jesus Christ here, as he was making his way to Jerusalem, he, he was going to go to the cross. And as he was making his way to the cross and to Jerusalem, people gathered around him. And they asked him questions. They said in Matthew 22 verse 15, we will entangle him in his talk. And so the reason they came to ask these questions was to try to trip the Lord Jesus up. We want to entangle him in his talk. And you can find there about the, the different questions that was asked the Lord Jesus Christ. You take, for instance, verse 17, the Herodines and the Pharisees who were certainly opposed to each other, but no problem coming together when it was against Christ. And they asked a question in verse 17 in relation to the church and the government. In the verse 17, is it lawful to give tribute on to Caesar or not? And so they asked a question about paying taxes. Do we have to pay our taxes? Well, then we find on down the passage, the Herodians, or sorry, the Sadducees, who, who, who didn't even believe there was a resurrection. So here's a really a hypocritical question. They didn't even believe in the afterlife, and they never believed in the resurrection, and yet they come to the Lord Jesus Christ, and they said to the Lord Jesus, well, there were about seven men, and they had this one wife for marriage, for a wife. Whose wife would you be in the resurrection? He asked a question about marriage, the resurrection. You see the old scribe came in verse 34 onward. He asked a question about the law. Verse 36, which is the great commandment in the law. As so all these people came and they asked the Lord Jesus Christ questions, remember it was to entangle him in his talk. But what do you notice this? He answered every one of them. He answered every one of them. You can read the passage yourself. He told them, render on to Caesar the things which are Caesar's. He told them about the resurrection. There's no marriage in the resurrection. And when the man came about the law, he told them the answer to that question, I shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. And he 
answered every question Jesus Christ was asked. But I want you to notice this. He asked them one. He asked them one. And that's the one I want to ask you tonight in this meeting. Because of examination time for young people at school, universities, or colleges, the Lord Jesus asked them one. And it's a very simple and a serious question. And it's found in verse 42. It's verse 41 says, While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? And I want you to think of the words of Jesus Christ and the question that he asked to these people. <coughs> you have been asking me questions about the resurrection. You've asked me questions about the law. You've asked me questions here about marriage. But I say to you this, what think you of Christ? And that's the question I want to ask you tonight. I've been asking you, what do you think of the preacher? Because you mightn't think too much of me. I've been asking you, what do you think of the Free Presbyterian Church? And we love the Free Presbyterian Church. I've been asking you tonight, young people, do you read your Bible? I hope you do. I'm going to ask you tonight, do you say your prayers? I'm sure you do that. But I'm asking you, what do you think of Christ? Not just the young people tonight in the meeting, but everyone in this meeting. What think ye of Christ? That's the question. So there's your paper. There's the question. Now we're going to do the examination. So let's think about it. See, here's a very particular and a plain question. You can see this question is about one person, one thing only. It's about Christ. Sometimes when you come to your questions and your examinations, the question goes right over your head. Our brother can maybe remember that in college. You got a question, you have the notion what the question man never mind what the answer. And you had to ask the man, could you tell us here, what are you really looking for in this question? For I haven't got a clue. And so sometimes we had to ask, and put your hand up in class and say, excuse me, yes, could you tell me, what are you looking here? What do you mean by this question? But not this one. Not this one. You don't have to put your hand up tonight to me and say, Noel, what do you mean by Christ? What do you mean by this question that Jesus Christ asked, what think ye of Christ? Because it's a very particular and a plain question. What do you think of him? And that's the question, isn't it? And what do you think of Jesus Christ in this examination? What do you think of the person of Jesus Christ? That's what he was, was really saying to these people. What think ye of Christ? Well, whose son is he? And you notice here, immediately. These people spoke up and they said, well, that's a very easy question. We know who he is. He's the son of David. This was in the Jewish catechism, they tell us, about the Messiah, about Christ. Who would he be? He's going to be the son of David. So immediately they said, he's the son of David. Well, the Lord went on and says, well, 
David? Do you tell me then why did David call him Lord? If he's only a son of David. So what think ye of the person of Jesus Christ? Do you know the greatest person who ever walked on this earth? Now some people think they're the greatest. Not right. You can go through all the people in the past. You can maybe go over to America. And we're not going to politics here tonight. But President Trump, he thinks he's the greatest man on this earth. He walks about with his chest out. And he says and everybody jumps. And he has power and his authority. No doubt about this tonight. But what think ye here of the person of Jesus Christ? He's the greatest person ever lived. He's the greatest person ever walked the face of this earth. Books have been written about him. Sermons are preached about him. We gather what sing about him. He's the greatest person ever came into this world, isn't he? Of all the people that ever lived, and there's billions have lived throughout the generations, there's one person stands head and shoulders above every other person in this world, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Muslims would say it's Muhammad, but that's a lie. It's Jesus Christ. He's the greatest. What do you think of him? I want you to do that tonight. Because the Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ is the God man. Now, what I mean by that, in Matthew 1, verse 1, it says, The book of the generations of Jesus Christ. Remember, we're looking at Christ. The son of David, the son of Abraham, is humanity. He would come from the seed of David. He become, he is God. He would come here into this world as a man. And he took upon, the, upon himself the form of human flesh. But it was going to come from the seed of David. And we know that, of course, in the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And him coming into this world. That's why many times you read of Christ. He's the son of man. And then the Bible says in Mark 1, for instance, verse 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Better watch this moment. The Son of God. And so therefore we have the Lord Jesus Christ as emphasizing here his deity. He's the Son of God. And then when I, I come to this book and we look at our examination paper here tonight, we see the Lord Jesus Christ. He is a unique person. He is one who is God. He is one who has made the world. And yet he became man. He became man. And he came down into this world. And the Lord Jesus is saying this to these men. Well, what think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? And they said he's a son of David. And he says, well, how is it David called him in spirit Lord? How is it David called him Lord? I couldn't understand it, of course. But what think ye of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is God yet became man? I want you to think of that tonight. This is the person I want you to think about. Just in the closing minutes of this meeting, what do you think of this person? There you are. That's a simple question you're doing tonight in this examination. There it is, the paper, one question. Would that be good to go to school or college and you have one question? Boys, that would be great, wouldn't it? Well, that's when you've got one question tonight in this meeting. And that's the question. 
what do you think of Christ? I hope you say, yes, he is God. He is Lord. He is the King. He's the Savior of the world. He became man. Well, what think you of this person? I tell you, maybe you go to university or college and people are rejecting Christ and they're using his name as a swear word as our brother spoke about here this morning. Or they deny him. Or they mock him. Or they laugh at him. And maybe some people in your college say as well, it's only a fairy tale. Maybe people today in my work can just the same. In my door-to-door evangelism and outreach work, people say, can't believe it's all a fairy tale. That's what they tell me. Listen, what do you think? What do you think of Jesus Christ? Is it a fairy tale, is it? Is he real? Of course he's real. So what think ye of the person of Jesus Christ? And what think ye of the performances of Christ? In Matthew 11 verse 2 it says, And when John, as John the Baptist of course had heard in the prison, the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. Notice the words, they heard about the works of Jesus Christ. He heard what was happening outside the prison. Things were happening in the ministry and in the life of Jesus Christ. And in verse 5 it tells us what had happened. The blind received their sight. And the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised up. And the poor had the gospel preached to them. And great things were happening by the hands of Jesus Christ. He was doing great miracles. He was healing the blind. He was raising the dead. He was doing great miracles and great things. How tenderly he helped the sick. We can watch him out. There he is helping the poor. See him displaying his love towards the people that he came in contact with. You know what Peter said? In Acts chapter 10 verse 38 of Jesus Christ who went about doing good. Now I want you to think of Jesus Christ tonight. What do you think about his life? What do you think about it? There it is. People were blind. He opened up their eyes. People were lepers. He cleansed them. Go through the Bible. By a word. By a touch. By the command of the Lord Jesus. People's lives were transformed. They were transformed. And he went about doing good. There's no one like him. No one like Jesus Christ. There he is. Of course people will point a finger at him and say he has a devil. They said he's a glutton. They said he was a drunkard. They said that they, they, they mocked him. But that's not the question. What do you think? I'm asking you tonight. This is your examination. What do you think of Christ tonight? You see him going about loving people. Helping people. Transforming people's lives. What do you think of this? What do you think of this great man, the Lord Jesus Christ, who went about doing good? That's, that's the question. Read your Bible. You've, you've, you've read it, no doubt. I'm sure everyone in this congregation, and you've heard sermons preached about his life. What do you think about it? Do you just say, I'm not worried. I couldn't care less. Doesn't interest me. That's, that's what some people think. But what do you think? What do you think of Jesus Christ, the performances of Jesus Christ? 
And what do you think about the passion and love of Jesus Christ? It's a wonderful verse over there in Romans 5 and verse 8. It says, But God commendeth his love toward us. And notice these words, And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There's the word Christ again. Mm-hmm. Now we're coming down the example here again. We see his works. We see his person. We see his love. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ, this one, I'm asking you tonight to think about I'm asking you tonight to consider him. It tells us here, Christ died for us. So what do you think now of Christ? And you can read the Bible. You can read how this one who was loving and kind and holy and good, how he went to the cross and how he bled and died and suffered for our sins. Even the prophet Isaiah many years before this. You could say in Isaiah 53, verse 5, but speaking of Christ, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. He takes us to the cross, and he tells us about the suffering of the Son of God as he's dying for our sins, shedding his blood, pouring out his soul unto death, Burying our sin upon his own body. Putting away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And that's what he did. He did it for us. And he did it because he loved us. He wasn't forced into this. The Lord Jesus was not driven from heaven to do this against his will. He says, I lay down my life for the sheep. And he suffered greatly. He shed his blood and gave his life for us. Christ died, listen, for us. I say to you tonight in this meeting, what do you think of this? This, this is the question in your examination paper tonight. What do you think of this? Now we're coming down the paper and we see that this one I must to think about, that he bled and died upon the cross for people like me. And he suffered greatly for me. Well, what do you think about this? Do you think nothing? What do you think of Jesus Christ who bled and died for our sins? What do you think of the power of Christ too? In John 4 verse 20, uh, John 4 verse 42, it says, people Samaritan says, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, listen, the saviour of the world. We're looking at Christ tonight. The Bible says Christ, he's the saviour of the world. He has power to save to the very uttermost. Because he died for us and he suffered for us. And the Bible tells us this one, Jesus Christ, he can save us. He can take away our sins. He can bring me back to God. I tell you, this, this, this is... The teaching of the Bible. We're lost. We're on our sin. We're on a broad road that leads down to destruction. But Jesus Christ can save. He's the saviour of the world. And you read through the Bible. And you read about Jesus Christ saving people. Saving them. The vilest, the most wicked people came down to the feet of Christ and he saved them. And he forgave them. And he washed them. 
He transformed them. Now what think ye of Christ tonight? He is part of sin. I'm here tonight because Christ has saved me. Our brother, I've heard his testimony, a bit like my own, in the pubs and clubs as young fellows. But Jesus came. Amen. And he saved us. And there's people here tonight the same, all right? You're never the same again. Somebody saved you. Mm-hmm. What do you think of him then? I'm asking you, what do you think of this person? That's a simple, plain question tonight to your heart. What do you think of this person, of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Man, who be, or Son of God who became man, who died upon the cross, who has power to save to the very uttermost, who's the only Savior? What do you think of him? I'm asking you tonight in this meeting, young person, listen, I have to throw it out to everybody tonight. What do you think, older person? Of Jesus Christ. What do you think of I want to say exactly, I want to reach on for time is going on tonight. It's a very, it's a penetrating question. Notice the word, thank ye. The question is not about what you say about Christ. For a man or a woman or a boy and girl may say the right things about the Lord Jesus Christ, but the question is not addressing your lips. The question is addressing your heart. What think ye of Christ? There's a wee verse in Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. You see, the heart tells us who the real person is. And it's all in the heart, isn't it? Now, you could praise some people with your lips, but in your heart, you don't mean one bit of it. That's not right. We all know that, of course. Here's a penetrating question that touches the heart. And the Lord Jesus Christ tonight wants to know, what do you think about him? You know what he's saying to your heart tonight? What do you think of me? What do you think of me? Forget the boy up there in the pulpit. Forget those around you. What do you think of me? It touches the heart. Do, do you think lovingly of Jesus Christ? The Song of Solomon tells us there, it says in chapter 5, verse 8, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, that you tell him that I am sick of love. She was lovesick. She was searching for her beloved, which is a picture of Jesus Christ. Her heart was crying out. Sick of love. Do you think lovingly of Jesus Christ? He died for my sins. He's my Lord. He's my God. Do, do, do you think constantly of Jesus Christ. Is he on your mind? A Psalm 139, verse 18, he says, If I count them, they're talking about his thought, good thoughts of the Lord towards him, they are more in number than the sun, and when I awake, I am still with thee. So early in the morning, he, he was thinking who? Of God, of Christ. But you see, he went to bed at night in Psalm 4, verse 8. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thy Lord only maketh me dwell in safety. You know, last thing at night, he still thinking of Christ. Constantly, lovingly thinking of Jesus Christ. 
Here's a question that touches the heart, you see. Some people think joyfully of Jesus Christ. The psalmist said in Psalm 104, verse 34, My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. And he's happy. He's thinking of Jesus Christ. And boys, he's happy. But some people never think of Christ at all. Such you in the meeting, young person. Go through the motions. It's easy to come to church and just go through the motions. Who has not done that? Maybe you never think of Christ at all. You said, I'm glad to see Sunday over. And all week you just live whatever way you want. And by the end of Sunday, well, you have to pull your socks up in some, in some fashion to come to church. But the Lord's addressing your heart tonight. What do you think of me? What do you think of me? As I said, maybe there are some people and you never think of Christ at all. Think about other things. I know things that's legitimate in your life, like children and family and mothers and fathers and work and business. Those things have to be thought about. But do you ever stop and think of Christ? You need a saviour. You need someone to save you and take you to heaven. You do, of course. It's Jesus Christ. Here's a question that touches the heart. So we're really at school tonight in the university and the college and we're thinking about this question. What think ye of Christ? I tell you, it touches your heart. As I said to you sometimes in your school, there's a lot of questions that fly over our heads. But this one stops our heart. And the Lord tonight is asking you, what do you think of me? There you are. That's a simple question, isn't it? It's a very short question. It's a very serious question. What do you think of me, says Christ? Now you're nearly coming to the answer, aren't you? But coming down to the end of the page, it's a short examination, probably half an hour. That's all it's going to be. But I want to say to you, it's a very prominent question. It's a question of all questions. You'll never be asked to consider such an important question as, as this because you're thinking about one who is God. Jesus Christ is God. Jesus Christ, according to the Bible here, is Lord and he's King of Kings. And there's a very prominent question here because the very destiny of your soul depends on what you think of Jesus Christ. When you do examination and if you get your exams, how you do will depend your next step in your life. Isn't that right? If you do good, he says, I'm going to university. And if I'm doing bad, I may have to reset it or I may have to take up some other career. Isn't that right? It has an effect how you answer it. How you do. It's the same with this one. You have to pass it. And you have to pass to get to heaven. We think it's a problem because of the sinners stand. Because Romans 14 verse 10 says, For we shall all stand, listen, before the judgment seat of Christ. I want you to think of those words. We shall all. And we shall all stand. Where are we going to stand? We're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I can tell you, that's some, that's some turning around, isn't it? I'm going to stand in front of him. 
And the question on that day will be this. What would he think of me? What would he think of me? You've had your opportunity. What do you think of him? But on that day he looked you in the eye and he said, you'll be saying in your heart, what does he think of me? Me. Look at my life, my sin. That's very prominent, this question. When I think about the sinner's stand and the sinner's soul, you see, if you think nothing of Christ, then I have to be honest, you'll be lost. <coughs> you just can't roll up to, to, to the judgment seat or to the gates of heaven and you've lived your whole life without Jesus Christ as your saviour. And you had no time for Christ, no love for Christ. You rejected him and think, I'm just going to roll up and into heaven. Well, I meet people who believe that. Hard to believe, isn't it? Just going to roll up, ah, I'm on ahead. You drunk all your life, ah, I'm on ahead. Just, just come on in. That's not how it's going to be, friends. You'll be lost. How are you going to get to heaven without Christ? If you've rejected him and lived without him, wouldn't, wouldn't take him as your shit. If you have chosen sin before Jesus Christ, then he thinks nothing of you. And you've lost your soul for all eternity in hell. So it's very prominent, this question. Your soul's salvation depends on your answer here. Of course, those who are saved, who accept them, will be with them. Remember Philippians 1 verse 23 says... By his life or by his death, Paul says, For I am a straight betwixt two, having the desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. He has passed his examination, you see. He has come to the right decision. He says, I want Jesus Christ as my Saviour. Now, dear friends, he passed flying colours, of course, just by accepting Christ as his Saviour. There's so much at stake here in this question, in this examination tonight. And you had to do it. I skipped over exams in all the school, never done them, and that's the way it was. But I'll tell you this, here's one you can't skip. Here's one you can't duck. For God to look at your paper tonight before you leave this meeting. And God's going to see what you've put down. You know what some of us have put down? Like it says in Song of Solomon, what think you of Christ? He's altogether lovely. He's altogether lovely. He's my saviour. I was a miserable wretch, but he came where I was. He saved me and washed me from my sin. He's given me eternal life. He's taken me to heaven. He's my saviour. But some people, what think ye of Christ? What have you put down now? What are you going to put down right now? We're closing the meeting. What have you put down in your heart? He said, it means nothing to me. I've never trusted him. I've never turned from my sin. I've never come to him. Friends, that's terrible, isn't it? But the, the examination time's not over yet. It'll be over in one minute. So you've still got opportunity to answer rightly. And you've been answering wrongfully for years. I said, Lord, I want you to save me. And I want you to save me now. There you are. Tell me this, do you believe Christ can save you where you sit? For I believe he can. And if you've been closing your heart against him, turn tonight, just where you are, as we close our meeting, and ask him to save you. And to forgive you. And I tell you, he'll save you. 
and you've passed the examination. And live for him. Paul says for me to live as Christ. Live for him, young person. It's only life worth living. Give your life to Christ if you're not saved. And follow him. So the bell's gone. The examination time is all up. I'm asking you to put your pen down now. That's it. What have you written down? I don't want to know your answer, but God knows it. I trust you'll put your faith and trust in Christ tonight. Amen. Thank you very much.